Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We may not be able to get in on the sporting action like we used to, but we can get in on some exclusive offers from Renault. To celebrate their third year as official car partner of the GEA, Renault is offering a range of special offers exclusive to all GEA club members. So now you can take home the win right to your door. Check out Renault.ie forward slash GAA to find out more. With Renault, official car partner of the GAA, taking the passion of a nation to a whole new gear. <music> Green, all right. And a green, all right. He's going to tip the scale. Just remember that, then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Come on, Keith, where were you when the final whistle went? Uh, standing up in the Cusick stand, I suppose going a bit mad like everyone else around us. Um, a bit jealous, but uh, delighted for the boys in fairness. Um, but yeah, I didn't really hang around too long to listen to the Green and Red Mayo now or anything like that. I kind of got out of there as quick as I could. But uh, yeah, look, I was just delighted for everyone, um, especially Robbie there who kicked that the point. I suppose to bring it to extra time. So um, yeah, the place was going a bit bananas. So it was... It was time to get out of that stage. What's the feelings when uh, what's happening in the first half is happening? What's your feelings? Yeah, the, like the first half was just, like, was just so frustrating, to be honest. Um, like you're looking at it and the boys, like you don't want to be criticising them because they know them so well and everything, but they were just, I suppose, look, they were probably, they were seem to be playing a bit of a zonal defence on them. You know, they were staying to five or 10 or 15 metres off them at times and they were just playing into Dublin's hands and they just let Dublin hold on to the ball and do what Dublin do and it was just frustrating and I met one of the boys a friend of mine at half time and you know it was 10-4 at half time and he says it felt like a six point hammer and you know like we just could not hold on to the ball um, we'd win it back we'd try and make an attack and we just turn it over straight away so it was just very very frustrating at half time Did you see a way back for them? No no to be quite honest I couldn't um, I kind of I did I thought they'd have to come out and maybe go a bit more man to man but you just you couldn't really just see where they were going to close a six point gap. Like I said, because of Dublin's track record of just being able to dominate games and close games out, and just I suppose drain the life out of teams with the possession game that they have, you just couldn't see them being able to kind of get six points of a gap closed off. But yeah, thank God we were all wrong. Do you think? Do you think? Did we th- taking any solace from the fact that you know 
they turn the Galway game around or were you just thinking look at Dublin are a completely different animal yeah uh, that never really came into my head to be honest just because I think it was because of Dublin you know when it's any other team you think you have a chance but with Dublin you, like I said you just couldn't see how you'd get enough ball to dominate the game to turn around a six point deficit so like the more I think back on it um I was thinking about there this morning last night like when you look at the kind of final as well and they were the first half they were the exact same they were standing off Galway they were giving them five or ten yards I don't know was it a tactical master plan by James Horn to start slow and then just come out all guns blazing for the second half because that's exactly what they did in the last two games but I wouldn't think it is I think it's just a coincidence but yeah like I mean the ball game just never came into my head just because Dublin are just a completely different team Mike when you watched that first half what was the what was the feelings Sure, it was game over. It was over. Like I mean, you're you're just you're lucky that you weren't talking somewhere at halftime predicting the outcome of the game because everybody was was stone wrong. Obviously, you're you're just looking at that running out to being a a ten point win for Dublin or or, or ten plus and and. You know, again, it's probably understandable in terms of you're missing Killian O'Connor, one of the best and high scorers in the in in, in football history. You're missing Oshin Mullen, your most dynamic attacker and or, or defender, but also attacker, obviously. Um, so you could see how how it was going to just play out for Mayo, and it was inevitable, really. I mean, like Keith said, there you couldn't see any but way any way that Dublin were not going to win the game. They just looked at their methodical best. They were strangling the game. They got their lead. And and probably that score by by Conor Loftus right before half time, mm-hmm. while it, it only made it a six point game, it, it actually made it a it was a crucial score. It gave them that small little bit of a little bit of a, a nudge of confidence, maybe going into half time. But you still, you know, even James McCarthy to start the second half had that goal chance right off the throw in, and you're saying, This is this is done, this is all over. And and somehow they all did what, what they always seemed to do. What was that somehow? How did how did they, how did they manage to turn it around? You see, I think you can be looking at different things there tactically and James Horn is all this. For me, it was just about it's energy, energy and enthusiasm and, and the difference in pace, the difference in their intensity around the tackle. The the now Dublin also got really uncharacteristically sloppy, and I think as a as a result of the pressure they were coming under because of that energy and that 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 you know just complete youthful exuberance that Mayo were showing, um, like guys like Ryan O'Donoghue and Tommy Conroy, you're looking at those two guys and you're saying, like, are they going to make up enough scores, you know, to, to make up for the likes of Killian O'Connor being missing? You're saying they're they're not at that level. And, and suddenly, Ryan, I don't know who is lamping James McCarthy with a shoulder and he goes back and again, he dispossesses him and, and later he's down the field and he's kicking a score. And and all these fellas just came, like that wasn't happening in the first half. And it was just that that change of energy, those small plays, that play that I think was was like the key in the game, that David O'Connor, where he saved that 45 going out over the end line, a massive effort, ran about 35 metres across the goals to save the ball. To get to Kevin McLaughlin, he puts over the. Those plays weren't happening in the first half, and 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 sometimes it's very hard to like pinpoint something and say this is a tactical adjustment that James Horn made. Just a, a wave of energy came over that team for whatever reason, uh, and and they capitalised on it and had the skill and the, and the talent, obviously, to take advantage of it. And, and Dublin win. Keith, were you ever conscious of that? Because no, Mike, I think we might have talked about this in the past that. I almost think Mayo are best when they're in that situation because they don't have to think too much about it. There's no like there is really no, you know, nothing tact. Well, there's there's things tactically you can do. There's matchups you can you can change and all that sort of thing. But 
it's almost like they don't have to think too much about it and they just go and I don't want to use the word gung ho, but that's sort of the way it, it is. Happens. Yeah, like I think I was chatting to someone there yesterday about it. Like they're going, you know, what happens now in the final, whether it's Tyrone or Kerry and tactics. And I said they could be better off throwing tactics out the window and just turn into seventy minutes of chaos, like because that seems to be when they perform their best. But I know even thinking back over the years, like when we were in similar positions, like you probably think of the last 10 minutes of the 15 semi-final against Dublin, you know, the second half against Kerry in 14, when it was just, you've no other option, but just to go, going horrible, however you want to describe it and go after the game and just chase everything down. And I think as well, again, it might sound very simplistic, but when there's a bit of a crowd there and atmosphere and they get behind you, you get a bit of energy from it. Like, and, yeah, there was a hundred. There was a hundred twenty-four thousand people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't think it's something that's like. Uh... There's a hundred thousand of them was hiding. Yeah. It was on, but the atmosphere was, it was truly unbelievable, wasn't it? Yeah, and like for a small crowd, and I, I said the same after the Connor final. It was good atmosphere. Like when everyone spread out, it just makes it sound a bit louder, you know. Whereas if you're at a league game, there's twenty thousand there, and they're all down the Hogan stand. It feels like there's an echo. But I just think that kind of got behind me. But at the same time, you look I look back on it and like. With 62 minutes gone, we're still five points down. Do you know? Now, I know there was a big delay for the old McLaughlin instant, like, but we'd only call back a point in that whole game. And how we went from that final 10 minutes to claw back a five point deficit and even Dublin clicked on another score. So it was just, yeah, it was just a kind of a bit of a mental second half. But I think the one thing I kind of took from looking at it from kind of up high was that. When Mayo went man to man, it wasn't giving Dublin that easy outball that they like. You know, in the first half, Mayo were playing that sweeper, and Dublin will just go back and over across the pitch. They'll have that extra man. They won't take a play. They'll drag you around the pitch, and they'll just frustrate you. Where in the second half, they didn't have that handy 90% pass to a fellow in 10 yards of space. And because of it, then I think they kind of got a bit sloppy and carried the ball into a tackle a few times. And on a wet day, we got a few turnovers. So I think they just took Dublin out of their comfort zone, not by any tactical master blast but just bringing loads of energy and actually getting a few tackles in which they weren't doing the first half and mike you see <clears throat> you know when we talk about dublin is that just a case of dublin just don't have the same level of footballers that, that they once did because they normally get themselves out of these messes uh somewhere or another now not by the skin of their teeth a lot of the time is, are we just talking purely about quality here i think that's a big part of it definitely yeah yeah i mean if you if you go all the way back, Oshin, to, to to the COVID training breach that Dublin that Dublin were caught and it was in the front page of the papers, and and right there, and I know it's easy to look back now in hindsight, but right there you're saying like that was that was staggering to me at the time that Dublin would allow their standards to drop to such an extent that the best team in the country for the past six years is is trying to cheat people and cut corners and, and go training when you're not supposed to. That was that was a shocking indictment for me for the for the kind of champion that they've been and, and have held themselves to the kind of standards that that they did. Uh, and then you look at their league performances, you look at their performances in the in the Leinster Championship, you look at the Cluxton situation, you look at, you know, Eric Lowndes, you look at um, Kevin McManaman in the Olympics, you look at Philly McMahon and different bits and pieces. And, and, and there's no question that they haven't had the same high standards that they have had for the last number of years. And they have not had the same quality of players coming off the bench or starting the games that they've had for the last couple of years. And again, that's not to say that these fellas won't go on to be very, very good. But right now, like how many times has Kevin McMenamin come on for Dublin 
and and rescue a game that was gone from them. You know, how many times did, you know, Paul Mannion burn fellas and kick scores? How many times did Jack McCaffrey go by fellas and create goal chances for other players? And and like the same level of quality is not there right now for Dublin. And, and again, I'm not trying to criticise the guys that are there. It's just the people that were there previously were of an exceptionally high quality. Like you look at the impact from the Dublin bench yesterday. They had one point. The Mayo bench outscored them. And I know it's not just about scoring, but that was always something that those guys, the finishers, used come on, the Karma Costellos and McMenamins, all the rest of these guys. And they used to rack up 2-4, 2-5, and they'd put the game to bed. Whereas you're not seeing that now, and there's been a there's been an understandable slippage of standards, and then also that 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 slippage of quality, which was always going to happen because of the level that other fellas were at. Uh, you, as you say, like some, sometimes it's like it's it is easy in hindsight, but I think we've all mentioned at different stages. Is that a is that a management issue? Uh, like like are we talking like the day Desi Farrell told us he wasn't sure what was happening with Stephen Cluxon? Was that the day that yeah. everybody else sort of sat, stood up and said, "Whoa, everything's not what it should be here." Yeah, that, yeah. Well, no, I don't think it's well. It's 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 a part of it. Like it's definitely a part of it because. Like Stephen Cluxon has been their standard bearer for so many years, and and while Evan Comerford, I thought he actually played pretty well yesterday. He had one crucial turnover of a of a kick out that 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 cost a point. But in general, I thought he performed pretty well. But it's not even his on field performance. It's it's the you know it's the standards that he sets in training and what he demands of other people uh, in the dressing room and before games. Uh, and I think that was that was inevitable. Anytime you lose leaders of the quality that Dublin have lost, lads, it's it's impossible to just replicate that with the next guy. Um, you know, and you could say the same with Killian O'Connor, obviously with with Mayo and and how they did it. But this has been a team that's been at the very very pinnacle for the last you know bones of a decade, six seven years, six seven all Ireland's in a row. Um, but like Desi was always going to have a tough job, like because this was like he always was going to be the one that had to start to regenerate the team and and to see if the Sean Buglers and if the Colin Baskells were going to be as good as the guys that they were replacing. And and right now, like the quality is not the same. Um, and 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 Mayo capitalised on it. And while the quality looked really good in the first half, when when they were really put to the pin of their collar in the second half with the energy and the effort of Mayo. Uh, they just weren't able to get themselves out of that hole, which they have done for so many times in the past. Would this, if the standards had to remain the same, would, would Dublin have won the All Ireland? As in, as in, like the non-fussy way that Jim Gavin went about things, uh, how he kept the change room on the wraps. I mean, it just felt as if it was unra- unraveling. And I'm, I, again, this is not. Just after the event, I think we everybody's talked about it over the last number of weeks. I just felt that they would have just eked out one more. I thought there was one more in them, and then you know we would have maybe seen a change in the guard. Yeah, it's it's hard to it's hard to know. I I, I just think like like Desi will probably take a lot of flack, obviously, just because he's the guy you now that's in charge and they've they've lost a run. But if you just go through the the type of quality of player that they've lost in the last number of years, like with your like start with your Bernard Brogans, Alan Brogans, you know, like it, Paul Mannion, Jack McCaffrey, like Cluxton. It, it's an incredible loss of talent and leadership that they've suffered. So, and, and when you say standards, the standards aren't just set by the manager. The standards are set by the senior players. I mean, Roy Keane was speaking there at something recently. And, and I remember how he, he was speaking about the senior players were the guys that set the standards. And you all know that from the dressing room, boys. And, and like when you lose those fellas, like suddenly... 
maybe maybe fellas are stopping a foot short of where they normally would get to if those other fellas were there and they were doing it. Um, and it's just, I, I just think it's inevitable. Like it, this was never ever going to go on forever with the way that Dublin had been so so brilliant in in those moments. Um, and it's just, I look, it's good. It's good in one sense. I know Dublin people won't, won't like to hear it, but for football and for what that'll do for the championship moving forward into the next couple of years, they've certainly now, not that they're not going to win more All-Irelands, but they're certainly now, you know, a, a more level proposition than, than they have been for, for a long number of years. Yeah, I think, like, if you look at it, again, um, like Mike there, I think they will come back and they could be contending or winning All-Irelands again in a couple of years. But even if you go back to when Kilkenny broke up after being dominant in the hurling for so long, when you lose the likes of a Sheffin or Tommy Walsh and all these guys together, when you lose once in a generation players, you're not going to replace them with the same quality. Like it's nearly impossible. So, as you know, as Mike mentioned there, some of the players there they mentioned, when five or six of them lads go from a dressing room, it's a completely different place. So, um, yeah, again, like it, you're not going to rule them out coming back winning another another All Ireland. But like I said, it's just you can't replace once in a generation players overnight. When we t- well, lads, when we talk about the moments from <clears throat> from the game on on Saturday, Mayo had a, se- a ser- serious momentum built up. The water break happened, built a bit of momentum up again. The old McLaughlin incident happened, as you say, five points down, sixty-two minutes on the clock, and a low-scoring game. How did they claw that? How did they claw that back? Yeah, that's a million dollar question, I suppose. You know, Mike mentioned there the, the Jeremy O'Connor play. Um, and I suppose it's probably something that you you get a bit of the life out of as a player. Like, I mean, when you see him, and Jeremy's been doing this all the time. Like, I mean, he ran 30 yards there to keep a ball in play that he shouldn't have. I think we mentioned Ryan O'Donoghue getting in a few tackles and all that. So there's small bits and play, plays you can kind of mention. But again, I think for me, Lee Keegan was just phenomenal like i mean i haven't seen him bursting out from defense like that so often for a long time you know i think he's been back cornerback the last two years he's been making a few bursts every every half but he just looked like a man yesterday who was back to his usual self and every time mayo turned over the ball he was gone like i mean he kicked a score one stage to bring it back well sorry to was it our first or second score after half time you know he was turning ball over um so I think it was maybe some of the turnovers back in defence that were just as probably they got more energy from, you know, because I said it was just so on Dublin like, and when the when the ball over the crowd gets going, and they, the pair just get energy from that. So um, yeah, look, there's a load of different small things you could pinpoint, but I think that was one. But even like the Merchant going off was a huge loss for Dublin. I felt like I mean, they had no one really to carry ball out of defence like him. You know, when he went took off, the boys couldn't live with him. You know, and he went down cramp. I think out in the forty fifth minute, and then he went off about fifteen or twenty minutes later. So. Losing the likes of him coming out of defence again was a huge loss for Dublin. I was just thinking actually about Lee Keegan last night when I heard uh, it's two weeks to carry Tyrone game and two weeks to the final. I'm thinking Lee Keegan is going to need every one of those uh, every one of those weeks because he did he didn't he looked as if he was in a lot of bother coming off the pitch. But like you know he just ran himself to a standstill. Who was who was Mike? Who was Mayo's big big players on on Saturday? Oh Jesus! Take take your pick. Like Keegan was obviously just awesome, you know. Like it, and it was like the, the Mayo backs. I thought the like if you look at the impact that the likes of Conor Callan had and Niall Scully and all, all these guys, Kilkenny, you know, like Dublin forwards uh, can, or their whole team contributed four points 
for over over 60 minutes of the game like that that's an incredible performance like matty matty ruan got no mention uh from all your superstars yeah. in the sunday game last night or oh, you yeah. could have given him some shout out like Brian I, I, Fenton, thought I, I thought i did mention i don't think that was but like <laughs> like himself and laftis had a had a fantastic game in the yeah. middle of the field brian fenton like I, I know he caught a couple of you know maybe two or three big big kickouts but he had nowhere near the kind of impact that he's that he's normally having games uh and then you look at the the they like Tommy Conroy. Tommy Conroy for me, like I, I thought Tommy Conroy was underwater for 45 minutes of the game. I, I thought he looked like a fellow that was too big from right now, and then he just thunders into the game. And 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 for a guy who's what age is he, what age is Tommy Conroy? 21, 22. 20, 21, 22. I thought he was like a huge leader in the last quarter and extra time. Same with Ryan O'Donoghue. You know, I, I, I just thought they had so many guys. Like, fellas came off the bench and, and, and contributed. Like, you know, Darren Cohen does what he did. Sits in the pocket. Lovely little right, right-legged right hook kick over the bar. Crucial score. Like, they just... And, and funny, you know, you, you asked Keith there about what was the... What was it that turned the whole thing? I think, I think the... The performance of the referee actually contributed to Mayo's performance. Like things were so chaotic, they felt so aggrieved at several of the incidents, and and rightly so. Like James Horn got so hot, I think fellas fed off that kind of that kind of energy and 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 that kind of vibe as well, and it, and it drove him on. Um, and it, and it was just the whole thing lended itself to to a real like that that classic chaotic Mayo performance where they came out on the right side because of everything was going against them and said they shouldn't, but yet they found a way to do it. How bad was Connor Lane? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he won't he won't want to watch that he won't want to watch that game again, you know? Uh and like it's easy like when I when I saw that first the John Small hit, take that one. Like in real time on, on TV now I was only watching on TV I was thinking, Jesus Christ, that's a serious hit. John Small, like John Small, is there to do that kind of stuff. He's he's their physical, you know, the, the aggressive kind of guy. That that he's not there for his silk and football skills. He's there to be physical and 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 to lay down the law. And he saw an opportunity to say, I'm going to buckle this fella as hard as I possibly can legally. And he he missed, you know, he got it wrong. He mistimed it, and. You know, it's a red card, there's, and there's no, there's no question about it. And uh, but I didn't mind Connor Lane getting that wrong because of the fair enough. He was very, very close to it, and this, the pace of, at which it all happened. But what really, really, and if you were everybody, was the fact that he did not immediately stop the game to check on on the injured player McLaughlin on the ground. Like it was clear to everybody that that was a serious, serious hit, and it needed to be checked to see was he okay. Uh, and that stuff, like all the rest of them, like. You know, Paddy Small at the clothesline should have got a red card. Like there was, there was loads of other ones. James McCarthy with a nice one. Um, there was plenty of those kind of things that he got wrong. That he didn't get the kind of help that he should have got from from his linesmen and, and umpires and everybody else. Um, but it was that one that really aggravated everybody. That stopped the game. It doesn't matter what happens. If Basquiat had scored that goal, lads, there would have been absolute craziness in the in the stadium if that had happened. I think that's, that's the big uh, thing. Like I mean, it's. I was over in the Cusick stand, like I was a good bit away from it and it looked like a fair hit to me as well, but I knew as soon as he got hit that he looked like he was out of the camp before he hit the ground. And that's the most important thing is like, you could, you know, so, was so away, like, I mean, like that, you yeah. know he's in bother, just stop the game. Like whether the goal had gone in or not, secondary, when you see a lad with a broken jaw and missing on me teeth, you know, so. But um, just to go back to your previous question, though, Shane, like I thought Enda Hessian when he came on was very good for another young lad, 2020. Very direct, like, yeah. 
the amount of ball he carried out of that defense in the second half in injury time like for a guy that young to do that in a big game i just thought it, you know it just showed i suppose again that fearless that sometimes these young bucks have yeah and and th- when you were sitting in the stand keith because i i felt i personally speaking sitting in the ground i felt that uh, did you think that Conor Lane almost immediately knew what had happened and tried to redress the balance? <laughs> as, in, as, as, in he, as in he basically played with Mayo for the next 20 odd minutes. It didn't feel like that from where I was sitting now, but I couldn't away from it. But, um, like, again, it's funny, like, I mean, Mike mentioned there the kind of couple of big calls that you can see from anywhere in the stadium that I think he got wrong, but the same time and i could get shot for saying this like apart from the big ones that he got wrong i didn't think he was awful bad for some of the other stuff like you know um but again i haven't i've only watched it back once and i kind of again i kind of watched it back as a supporter rather than kind of trying to analyze it in much detail so um yeah if he got some of the big calls wrong like people are saying the one with uh who was a davy burning kevin mclaughlin was a black card yeah it probably was but like there was two other dublin defenders around him at the time as well you know it's i know it was cynical and all that but like, um, yeah, look, it wasn't his best day out before that. He did, look, at, look at, uh, uh, you know, and it was, a, it was a manic game and, and there's loads of excuses for him and he didn't get a big pile of help from his, no. uh, from his mates on the side, um, from his mates on the sideline. That's a good um, bear of mine for a long time is that, you know, linesmen and umpires, like you have five other people around the pitch. Like how did the referee not get more help in, in every game? Not just the last day. Like, I mean, Jesus like what, what are they there for? Like I think there's a rule that you know the linesman can't call a foul, but I mean what what's he there to be looking at? So is he just there to his well, uh, out over the line? Like I mean they need more help. Yeah. Yeah. Um I th- I think Mike we've we've talked about this before. I'm not I'm not gonna spend too much time on this, but like I think it really genuinely is time for uh <clears throat> in the in the NFL they have referee teams that uh, travel together, you know, go from one game to the other, um are constantly in contact. Uh, know what way each other works, um, and I think it's time for that. I think it's time time for rather than every time Conor Lane goes out to have two different linesmen. You know, obviously he has his own umpires, but uh, I just think it's time for you know teams like that because it is so important now. Because what I'll hear over the next couple of days is you know whenever I w- would be critical of Conor Lane, is that you know. He's a, he's you know he's a human being. He's a referee. It's a hard job. I tell you what, play, playing at the, that level and managing that level is no fucking picnic either. So no. I mean, there's, do you know what I mean? So I, these these decisions are so crucial, um, so so crucial. But lads, moving on, moving on from that, what? How did like? I have never seen Dublin. Never in the ten years, I've never seen them kick a side lane ball in on top of in on top of the square. Was that the first time we just went, nah, yeah. this is just not right? But even the last was a few... five or six minutes later, like, they're just literally putting ball into the full forward line, kicking it in, which you haven't seen Dublin do in about, I'd say, since Jim Gavin took over. They'd always just try and work the score, even if it took them five minutes. You know, So, again, does that come back to what I mentioned earlier on about the standards being gone, training not being the same, the leaders not in the pitch? Like, you know, you can kind of question it all we want because you don't know what's going on in the background. But, yeah, like when you... When I saw stuff like that happen, I was like, uh, what's going on here now? You know, it's just not Dublin. Like. 
Yeah, and it wasn't even that sideline one was one that you were looking at. That was that was like you'd see that in a junior football game at the weekend. Like that, that's kind of like, let's lump it into the biggest cell on the parish there at, at full forward and see if we can get a flick on and get a goal. That's the most un-Dublin-like thing we've seen for ten years. But there was there was more though. If you look back through that second oh, half, yeah. like there was guys playing. Like I think Brian Fenton played a free kick about twenty-five yards, a punt kick towards. Uh, I think it might have been Kilkenny with with. With with Lee Keegan like literally on top of him, you know, a, a kind of a, a ball up in the air that he was always going to break, and they just never make those kind of decisions. Like they always make the guy who does the right thing with the ball at the right moment. Fellas make a good run into space, and it's an easy ball, seventy thirty ball. Whereas they just started playing fifty fifty stuff yesterday, which which I suppose feeds into that whole level of of of, of a bit of panic that they were that they were um, that they were feeling. But it was it was. Um, it was really undoubled, like, but you know, it, it's still. I, I still think you gotta, you started, gotta give the lion's share of the credit to to Mayo and to James Horn and 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 like James Horn started this, and, and Keith's probably better to tell me or tell about it. Is like he he brought in all these young fellas like a couple of years ago and started developing nearly a like mm -hmm. a development squad with these fellas and developed them physically and 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 you're now seeing the fruits of that and the trust in it. Like to take off to take off Aidan O'Shea, like with everything that Aidan O'Shea has done for Mayo down through the years, the kind of leadership that he's shown and the football and the tackling and the aggression, to take him off so early uh, and, and to go and show trust in the guys that you've been developing for the last number of years. And then for them to repay that trust with the kind of performance that they that they delivered, like that's that's a serious, serious um sign of the future of Mayo football, you you would think as well, you know. Mike, if you were in James Horne's shoes at the minute, are you happy that there's a month or is a month a wee bit too much? No, I'd be delighted. I'd be delighted with it. I, I think I think they're they're on such a high now. They're they're buzzing so much after doing what they've what they've done that they'll recover and, and you know, they'll do nothing for the next week or ten days. They'll sit back and relax and watch Kerry and Tyrone take lumps out of each other. Uh, and then they'll start to, you know, gear themselves up in, into that, into that kind of, uh, into that space as well. But I don't think if it was six weeks, twelve weeks, I don't think they'd give a flying fiddlers after what they just did yesterday because they have nothing but, you know, they can look at their first half and say, as we we didn't play, we didn't play in the first half. We had four points in, from play in the, or four points in the game in the first half against Dublin in nearly forty minutes of football, and we are the ones that have come back and beaten this Dublin, this 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 unbeatable team. That we're the ones that have done that. If we can improve our performance in the first half, let's look at the stuff that we can do better, uh, and let's let's really focus on that for the next two weeks. And then let's have a look at Kerry or Tyrone, and let's really attack that game with the same kind of energy that we did in the second half. I think they're in a they're in a fabulous position. Uh, Ashwin Mullen will obviously be be back or at least be very close to being back. Uh, Killian O'Connor, I don't think, has, has any chance, really, Keith. Um, is it just about getting the bodies right? I mean, give us a snapshot of what it's like leading up to an all Ireland final in Mayo. Do you come, um, uh, what, bunk, what bunker do you go into for the next month? You can't find any around this place. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah, like I think Mike was right there. Like four weeks is probably loads. I mean, he gave Oshin an extra couple of weeks to recover. Like Killian's not going to be back. He's not going to be back for next year, never mind this all Ireland final. So, um, well, if, Part of next year, anyways, you know, it, it, it is a long term injury, in fairness. So, yeah, you give them plenty of time to recover this week. I know, look, they'll probably be back on the pitch probably Wednesday, just doing some light stuff. Um, I think it's going to be a strange one for them, like, because I mean, if it's Kerry, who we all think it's going to be in the final, like, it's going to be a completely different kettle of fish to what they've faced against Dublin or Go anywhere, anyone else. Like, I mean, 
like Kerry this year have been so like they've looked very good in fairness to them. Um, like I mean, for all this, what the attacking players they have, even you look at the kind of the half back line, the way they're attacking now for Kerry as well as the defence. So it's going to be a completely different proposition for them. Um, but I think James would be kind of looking at that and looking maybe what Cork did some of the first few minutes and kind of focusing on that and focusing on if they can get their game right again, they'll cause Kerry problems. So again, I'm assuming it's going to be Kerry. It's why well, you'd never rule out Tyrone. You just can't really see them having enough to beat Kerry. So, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting... So you're ruling them out? Huh? You're, you're ruling them out there, Sookies. I don't think <laughs> it's going to be as straightforward as people think. Um, you know, I think no. Tyrone probably use the whole COVID thing as well to kind of for some psychological advantage and it's probably nobody else will be better than some of the Ulster teams for using that. But, um, yeah, I don't think it's going to be as straightforward as people think, but I can't see... Tyrone having enough to be carried, you know. So, um, yeah, I suppose the answer. Uh, Mike, Mike, yeah. Mike, sorry, Keith. Mike, is it fair to say that having spent a little bit of time in Colin Cooper's company um, last number of weeks, is it fair to say that Kerry people are still not one hundred percent convinced? Sure, you're not. Gonna, it's a bit like Dublin. Like everybody was saying, Dublin had fallen off their 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 uh, their ledge. It's not until you see it done that you're going to be 100% convinced. And it's the same with Kerry. Yeah, like Kerry have developed a serious team now and a serious squad, loads of talent defensively. Still question marks, obviously. But until <clears throat> until they get over the line and get it done, then then obviously that those question marks will will remain. But. Um, I think I still think they're they're in a really good spot. I, I I know this whole drama at the moment now with, you know, will the game get played against Tyrone? Would it not get played? I'm I'm glad they came out last night and and put it to bed and said, yeah, this this semi final against Tyrone will take place on the on the 28th or whatever it is, and the final will go back another week to the 11th if whoever's in there. Um, like it's a terrible situation for Tyrone, obviously, but it was also a terrible situation for for Kerry. Notwithstanding, the most important thing here, lads, is I, I think I, I was it Fergal Lawn or Brian Dewar. Somebody said that one of the players was actually hospitalised with it and and was really struggling with it. So, like while we're all consumed with football and and the and the the, the joy of the weekend and what happened yesterday, that's that's the most important thing that these fellas are okay, obviously, and that we're not you know fixtures aren't forcing them to to try and come back from something that's really you know has an, a negative health impact on their lives too quickly and the game will get played no doubt but you know we want to make sure that uh, that everybody's okay first of all i suppose what do you, what do you make of the statements at the weekend the johnny cochran esque statements yeah. from uh, both throne and uh carry actually what i you making them i think like tyrone played it beautifully like tyrone did did what they did they had to do to get the result that they wanted uh and i think in doing so like they backed kerry into a corner really like kerry couldn't what could kerry say you know no we're not gonna we're not gonna put the game back we want to we want to play we want to walk over to the final like of course they're not gonna say that and kerry need a game like if kerry went in to play mayo without having a game since they played cork five or six weeks ago should it there they'd be miles off that that level so um I think Kerry were forced into the position that they were in and, and they did the right thing and said, listen, we're willing to wait until until it's safe to play the game. And then I think eventually the GA came out like why again it took them as long as it did. Why they didn't just say, you know, people are saying, oh, financially it makes no sense or makes more sense. They were, they were always going to give them the two weeks. But why didn't they just give them the two weeks if it was financially motivated? Why didn't they just do that first day and you'd get more people in the ground? 
you know. Um, but I think, look, it's, we're after getting to the right conclusion in a, in a very circumvented way. Uh, and it'll be great that, you know, we have another two weeks now to look forward to that semi-final. We can relax and enjoy, you know, what we just saw yesterday. And then looking forward to a great final, who, whoever's, whoever's, uh, whoever's going to be in it from this side. So it's fair to say everybody, everybody more or less come out pretty happy. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Kerry were a bit pissed off with the whole thing. You know the way it's after getting played out. Nobody wants to have, you know, you know the way the teams are trained now, lads. Everything is 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 really yeah. you know analysed. How, how long does how long does that leave between the court game and and the playing all uh, is it uh, it'll be five. It'll be five or six weeks. When I have to check the date, there five, five or six weeks. It's way five weeks. I think it is. It's five mm, weeks. It's a long no, time. It's almost. It's almost like it's almost like the old days. I remember yeah. uh, Kerry going into a, a quarter final yeah. against Down two thousand and ten. I think yeah. they had five weeks layoff yeah. and just just well, honestly from the sixtieth minute on looked as if they were gonna uh, rack the place, but just it just wasn't there, and that was just as a result of the layoff. So yeah, so I, obviously the layoff is not ideal. Uh, Keith, what's the what's like the you know when you talk about the build up to an All Ireland final? Uh, will this build up be slightly different? Will Mayo fans be more tempered than they have been in the past, or will it just be will it just be business as usual? Uh, I think it'll just be well. I suppose you'd hope with the four week break, you might have this week have just been the usual carnage talking about the massive comeback and everyone being on a high again, and then it might begin to taper a small bit. But I think the fact that you're going to have a reduced attendance, the whole ticket. Thing is going to be mentally again like so i don't think it's going to be any way different to previous ones to be honest i think sometimes and i've said this before the mayo supporters are absolutely mental but in the best possible way but i just think the next three weeks are going to be the exact same um sometimes you'd wonder when, all, when you listen to some of the talk that goes on you'd wonder like what planet they're on but like obviously after beating the six in a row champions now like they're going to be on a high thinking they have a great chance I think in fairness to James and the boys, they'll, they will try and keep it as grounded as possible. There won't be as many distractions as in banquets and fucking banquet tickets and all that type of stuff again, I'd imagine. So it shouldn't be as bad, but I think the general public will be, yeah, it'd be hard to get away from it. And I, just... I, I'm, sorry, I, I was, I'm actually going up, I'm going up to, um, I'm going to uh, the weekend for three or four days with the, with the family or whatever. And like, we were up there what year was it? No, whatever year, one of the years there, the Mayo were in the final, and uh, like it, it's, every year, it's yeah, it's the it's the only county like uh, where like you pass every single every single house for about an hour and a half driving through the county, and there's a flag, there's a color, there's a teddy bear, there's and it's the only other county that I've seen that resembles Kerry like with that level of craziness and 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 in in relation to football, uh, and and like. There's no tapering this stuff. Like they, they, they're going to be, and they, like this week should be mayhem in in Mayo. Like they should be excited because this is a, this is like the job that James Horn has done to regenerate that team. Like without without any big noise about it or anything, lads. Like with the the guys that are in there now that you're saying, like some I heard somebody in the radio there this morning saying, "Will Aidan O'Shea start the game?" Can you imagine going into the All Ireland final saying, "Will Aidan O'Shea start the game?" That that's going to be a debate now whether whether your best player of the last ten years possibly is going to start the game, and that's where they're at. Like they have such confidence now with these young guys, uh, and rightly so. And like. Rob Henley, like how how like I I just I was so happy for for Rob Henley. I hate when I like fellas like that who put in as much time and effort into it as they can, 
and they never seem to get the reward that that, that effort deserves. And like Jesus Christ, like you couldn't but be happy for these fellas. And and that's the county. That's the way the county should be. You know, Keith Rickon, the under twenty manager with Cork, there. Somebody asked him after one of the games, he beat Car beat Kerry or something. How are you going to bring him down? How are you going to get him back down on the ground now after mm -hmm. after being up so high in the game? And he said, so what do I want to bring him back down on the ground for? This is this is what we're <laughs> all our lives for. Keep, keep him up in this guy. Yeah. Keep him flying. And listen, I, I understand you can't get carried away, but it's a it, this is a this is what they've done has been monumental. Like, and it shouldn't be it shouldn't be something that we're trying to you know put into the suitcase straight away. I'm sure James Horn will give him a little bit of time to enjoy it, and then yeah, let's let's focus on the next one. You know. But I think like from a Mayo point of view, is like we've had so many of these big semi-final wins. You know that is. And in fairness, most, or I suppose most, I suppose there's a big change to the panel now, but a lot of the lads would have been there for these big semi-final wins before. So I think there does have to be a stage where, you know, you kind of realise the big semi-final wins won't be much good in 20 years and then you're looking back. So, look, obviously they, they, they will enjoy it, but I think at the same time, there's, I think they're smart enough to know there's a bigger picture there as well. Yeah, but the, yeah, like, uh, the supporters, like the the supporters, aren't playing a game. Like the supporters should be bonkers for the next four weeks and 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 do as much as you can. Leave the players alone, obviously. But like, sure, if the supporters aren't going to enjoy the next four weeks, what are we what are we doing it for? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think sometimes we get very afraid of of some of the emotions that that's involved, and there was a huge amount of emotion involved on 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 Sunday. And, yeah. You know, I always talk about emotion in sport and and. Like a lot of what Mayo did, I thought I felt at the weekend was just pure will. Yeah. I used to play. I play. I play with a guy, um, Francie Bell. He played f full back with us, and I remember we were playing in a championship match, and he, he hadn't trained for about six, seven weeks. Uh, I was suspended for the game, and I suppose he was our most experienced player. He uh, he played in the middle of the field, and he was just absolutely everywhere, and it was just pure will. Now, he couldn't walk for a couple of weeks after it, but <laughs> you know, it's just it's just pure will that was getting yep. him around the pitch and, and it even felt yesterday when you talk about Lee Keegan, like I felt over the last number of games, Lee Keegan just the just the energy just wasn't at the same level, whereas the other day he was just he was the one that was driving it on all the time. So Michael was uh, obviously you know, a brilliant weekend of football, uh, topped off by, you know, Offley and, and Roscommon in the in, in the all Ireland final and uh, look at it's a game that could have went either way, but it, it was awfulies and and like you know what a win and excitement. Twenty four thousand people on the twenty final. I mean, phenomenal. Phenomenal, yeah. And and the football was the football matched the the, the atmosphere that was there and matched what happened you know the previous day in Croke Park. It was it was it was brilliant. I, I think under twenty football is some of the best football that we're seeing at the moment because it's played. In that nearly that Mayo style of, of reckless abandon and fellas just go at it and, and, and play and and they're you know like obviously the quality of football was really really good and um you know some of the scores some of the play some of the pace was was just brilliant to watch but like I, I I'm loving I'm loving what's happening in, in Offaly at the moment and I think it's such you know it's such a template for counties like Offaly around the place um in that middle tier who maybe don't see who, who don't see how to get to the next level you look at the things that that the energy that michael dignan has brought to that at grassroots level you know i saw i read something this morning where they're looking to have six more coaching officers in schools and you know within the next two months and they're looking to have another three or four by by january next year um so they're like and shane lowry coming on board he's, a, he's in wearing a jersey yesterday he's jumping around the place the cameras are going to him all the time uh he's he's putting his money where his mode is and he's back in his county and you can just you can just feel you can just feel the the energy 
uh, you know, the positivity in football and Gaelic games in general in, in Offaly and with what John Mahan did and got him promoted. And now you have you, you can supplement that senior squad with some of the players and some of the some of the young, exciting forwards that they're producing in this group. Uh, and I, I, I just think it's it's like Offaly should be used as a template for every other county that's in that mid-level, that's below your Dublins and your, your Kerrys and your Mayos and Tyrones or whoever else. Uh, this is how you can do it there, and and uh, and and to get the very very most out of them. So when you so when you when you talk about template, just Mike, sorry before you go, when you talk about template, so just basically a bit of enthusiasm, a few quid, a golfing personality. Uh, no, um, no, no. <laughs> like you're talking about how can we how can we how can we infiltrate the schools? Get like the best. How can, how can we get a bit of positivity, a bit of energy working in schools? Like can we get more coaches in schools? Can we improve the quality of what's being done at ground level in clubs and in, in schools, development squads, into your minor, into your under twenties, into your senior? Yeah, the money and the celebrity of Shane Lowry obviously helps. Um, but it's 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 coming from leadership, like it's coming from Michael Dignan because he's saying all the right things, he's doing all the right stuff, he's bringing the right people on board, and and it's just it, it's it's the way you have to do it. It's the way you you bring a bit of energy to a program like that, and 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 hopefully they'll be uh, they'll be doing well for years to come. But but does but does not buzz sort of reverberate around everybody? I mean the horrors, like it's not a coincidence. The horrors are going wild on the twenties after winning the All Ireland promotion for the seniors. Like it's just has that it just has that unbelievable knock on effect. Whereas over the last number of years you would feel as if does anybody really care about what's happening awfully? Well, like, no, they did. All the talk is negative that the you know the players just won't bother. Like, but as you said, when Dyken comes in, does a few good things right in the background, puts a few structures in place, and next thing there's a feel good factor to it, and, and you know everything there's a knock on effect to everything. Like, but um. You know, like in fairness, that under under twenty team from Offaly, like they tried to play the game the right way. Like, I mean, there's some very good footballers there, and like I only seen the game against Dublin, like, but you know, they dominated that game, like, but they were just so, you know, as Mike said, there was just nearly a reckless abandon. They just went out to play, like there was no tactics or many sweepers. It was just go and play the game and try and win it. With the proper structures, because I sort of made this point last night, where I felt as if six or seven and looked physically developed enough to to go into a senior squad at least maybe not you know start immediately um you know how many do you think of those awfully boys are, are fit to go into or should, should they just be incorporating all of those guys into some sort of uh to play some sort of part whether if they you know if they're gone out of under 20s to get into that senior panel because at the end of the day what they are now is they're winners and nobody can take that away from them yeah well i don't think you can ever have a case where you bring in 15 under 20s straight away like it's yeah. not some lads will be able for it some lads won't but yeah i think you have to bring in seven eight nine of them at least um particularly lads who are out of under 20 and have nothing else then yeah. you know to look forward to but i think i know it's what we do in mayo here is like or connor finn the snc coach with the seniors would look after the under 20s as well i think he could have been with the minors about a few years ago and then there's a kind of little bit of a development squad of 10 players outside of that so they're all getting exposed to the same type of conditioning work, the same type of gym work, whatever it is. So that when they're so they have that for two or three or four years. Do you know what I mean? So they're not going from one different coach, another different coach, another different coach, just changing. They've constantly got the same thing. I think you can see that with the likes of the way Ushin, Mullen, Tommy Conroy, even in the Hesh's mind. You can see how they've developed over the last 12, 18 months. It's been it's been huge. Like, but that's because they're constantly working with the same guys and getting the same work throughout. Yeah, brilliant. And uh, a brilliant weekend of, of GEA um, topped off, you know, with the ladies, which was uh, brilliant as well. 
So um, that's us, Keith. Thanks for for joining us, Mike. Thanks for joining us, Paul. Thanks for uh, sort of half, <laughs> yeah, abandoning us. Um, thanks to Larry Ryan and Raf for uh, facilitating and to Renault for sponsoring. Thank you. With Renault, passion for what drives you. Official car partner of the GAA. Green, all right. A, a green, all right. It's going to tip the scale. Just remember that, then. Now that smile bit of a needle down. Come on, Mayor. You've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Listen, Victorian. And now they're really roaring. And I can tell you, I'll tell you, there won't be a cold milk and premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.